Things, but uh, we've got a couple of songs to uh, take this opportunity to um, learn some new songs. So the first song tonight is called I'm Happy Today. I don't know if it's a song that you know, uh, but uh, that's the purpose of it. It's a very easy song. If we can go ahead and flip that over to the songs. Um, the first starts out as kind of a, a rolling song. It's the first verse is I'm uh, happy today. The second verse is I'm singing today. The third verse is I'm praying today, which we will sing it a little softer as like as if we're play, praying. And then the fourth verse, we repeat the happy singing and praying and at the very end sharing today. So it's a very easy little song. It's a fun little song. So uh, join in and we'll uh, sing the song.
didn't used to sing at VBS. Uh, this is called Oceans. Without 
Got a couple of more songs before we go to our classes. The, the two that I've got in place here are ones we've sung in worship before. The first one's Man of Sorrows, uh, and so we'll sing this one together. Curse us, sin has no hold on me. 
church. Uh, it's probably been about a year or so since we've sung this one. Uh, my college minister wrote this song and uh, before he moved on up to Delaware. And so this has a lot of uh, meaning for the Lord today and the Lord's church, but more importantly as we're called to go out into the world uh, and, and be his hands and be his feet. Would you mind if you would stand with me as we sing this song? After this, Brother Jim's going to lead us in prayer, and if you have need to partake of the Lord's Supper, that's been prepared in the little chapel. You can uh, pass once uh, the prayer's over there. Go be the church. As we gather here on our Lord's so thankful for your mercy. We're thankful for your forgiveness. We pray that these songs that we've been singing have come up as a 
sweet fragrance to you. We love you, Father. We pray that we would be the church that you want us to be. We're so thankful, Father, for all who've come to study your word tonight. We pray that you would bless each class and bless each teacher. Help us, Father, to glean from these lessons the things that we need to help us to be more righteous in your sight. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. she's recovering at home after additional surgery last week. Just pray for full recovery. Austin Wentz is John Wildegardner's grandson. He's continuing to take treatments for cancer and so far so good, but the, the treatments he's getting pretty wiping, wiping him out, very serious treatments. So pray good results there. Terry Green is Ricky's brother and they were talking about and I don't know when this is going to be. should be soon if they're going to do surgery to remove the tumor that they had reduced with chemotherapy. Verlin Davis has Alzheimer's, but she fell over the weekends, not doing very well. So please keep her in your prayers. Ann Stevens has health problems. Kim Fowler is supposed to... Do you see Kim today? I don't know. Here in the middle of the month, hopefully she'll get that boot off of her foot. Remember, Don, Don Dawson has several health issues going on. Johnny Howe has cancer. That's Ken Scott's aunt. Connie Mooney is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Sue James has cancer. Quitman Wigginton is now at Landmark, but I think they've pretty well shut down because of COVID threat over there. Although the nursing home side is open. We had a devotional there today. Uh, Geraldine Taylor is Chopper's mother. She has pancreatic cancer. Kenneth Hodgins recovering from a treatment to a fractured vertebrae. He's doing pretty well. 
Randy's still recovering from his knee surgery. There he is there, but still a little bit swollen. And, you know, it's day to day, but we're praying for a full recovery for Randy. Uh, did uh, Sterling Phillips have his... Hey, Jody. <laughs> did your dad have his um, valve replacement surgery? Oh, it's in August. Okay, so keep... Keep him in your prayers. He had to stint recently, and they're looking toward that. Uh, Wade Davis is still missing. They found the dog, and we're hoping the, the dog would lead them to him, but that was not successful. So, you know, uh, this Wednesday will be three weeks that he's been missing. Jennifer Bonham has some health issues, and Chuck would appreciate you remembering her. Justin Moreland was involved in a an accident with a, a truck tire, and he's got a long recovery ahead. Carolyn Wilcutt fell in her yard, you know, broke her leg and her shoulder. I think she's found a rehab place, so we're glad for that, but pray she'll have a full recovery. Uh, Dorothy was going to be here this morning, right? Uh, but she's still having some issues with her foot, and just remember her. She fell... Um, broke a chip off with a bone on her on her foot, a little hairline fracture, but thankfully they didn't have to do a hard cast on it, so that was that was good. Um, over, at, I mentioned Landmark uh, assisted. They've basically had an outbreak with the COVID, and and I know there are a lot of people that are affected by COVID right now. Seems to have kind of kicked up again. I haven't heard from Harold. Anybody know how he's doing? Doing better? Okay. Okay. Uh, Julaine Taylor, who's Chopper's brother's wife, had some back surgery last week and in need of prayers. Any, any change about that? Doing better? Okay. Glad for that. Okay. Uh, Andrea Barrett, Bob, placed on hospice. And uh, Cameron, this is also your aunt. So let's remember Aunt Bob. And then Maida Bullock is uh, dealing with some anemia. So that's got her down. Anybody you want to add to this list? Teresa Cole? Okay. Woodrow? Oh, your your son-in-law. Still having trouble with it. Did he sprain? What did what did he do? Injured his foot? We are. This heat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can imagine moving down here. So.
Yeah, uh, that, would, that would sure help, I'm sure. Okay, we'll pray for him too. Harper? I, I can't hear it. Hardwick? Okay. Oh. Ant. 95. Wow. Okay. Let's have our prayer. And we've been singing, so... We're all fired up and ready for class, right? Nod your head this way. We'll begin our class after this. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a beautiful day. And thank you for so many great blessings. A lot of rain has fallen recently. We're really grateful for that. We pray, Lord, for these people that, well, they're suffering. They're suffering from a lot of illnesses or injuries or surgeries, and Lord, when they suffer, uh, we suffer too. We're just praying relief for them. And if it's your will, just a, a complete recovery. We pray your blessings on Irene Baker and especially on her family as they are there supporting her in the end term of cancer. Pray for Martha Eaton that she will have good days, that the recent treatment to her foot will have been successful, that it'll promote healing now, and that she will have good use of that foot very soon. Pray for Austin Wentz and his treatments, that he can continue to bear up under them. Bless Terry Green. If if he's facing surgery soon, we're praying it's going to be a success. Pray for Verlin Davis, who's not doing well, who fell and. We pray, Lord, you'll be with those who are tending to her. and Whatever your will is in this regard, we just pray for the family. Pray for Ann Stevens, who has multiple problems, and for Don Dawson, who's also been sick. Pray for Kim Fowler in recovery with her foot. Pray it's going well and it'll be a success and heal properly. Bless Johnny Howe has cancer and give her success in battling that. Bless Connie Mooney in her hip replacement recovery. We pray for Sue James who has cancer and pray that she'll be able to win that battle. Bless Quitman Wigginton as he is at the assisted living. We pray that is a step in the right direction and that he's getting better. Pray for Geraldine Taylor and for her family as they're supporting and comforting her. We pray for Steve Hodgins' dad, that he'll have a full recovery. Bless Randy Stutz, that his knee will heal right and that he'll get good use of it. We just pray, uh, help him with patience and endurance through this trialing, trial and difficulty. We pray for Sterling Phillips, who faces some surgery maybe next month. We pray all that's being done for him is exactly what he needs. We ask your blessings on the Davis family and in Wade's disappearance. And Lord, if it's your will, we just pray you'll be discovered 
and that he'll be discovered well. What a, what a day of rejoicing that would be. Pray for Jennifer Bonham, who's suffering with some health issues. Pray they can be resolved. Bless Justin Moreland in his recovery. Pray for Carolyn Wilcutt that she can heal and get back to us soon. Bless Dorothy Hester in her recovery. We pray for Barbara Beard and the Eatons and Teresa Cole and anybody else that's directly affected by this COVID-19 virus. We pray that it's not severe and that they'll get through it okay. Please be with Jolene Taylor, uh, who's recovering from surgery. We're glad to hear that she's doing well, and we just pray for a full recovery. We pray for Andrea Barrett's aunt, who is in hospice now. We just pray that she'll be cared for to the fullest degree and that her and her family will be comforted in a difficult time. We pray for Nada, that she'll have good days and whatever's deficient in her will be restored and she'll feel better real soon. We pray for Johnny Duncan, who has a heart procedure either tomorrow or very soon. We pray it's a good success. We pray for Dave, who's injured his foot. And I know under normal circumstances, that would be difficult to begin with, but in the move and all the other stresses that are uh, combining together, I'm sure it's difficult. So we just pray that he'll have good days and get back on his feet and feeling, feeling well in himself again. We pray for Chopper's family, who's really going through a lot right now. And even in the death of his aunt, uh, we just pray comfort for that family and for him in particular, all the things he's dealing with. But uh, we're thankful for the 95 years that she had. And we pray that uh, the influence that she had will not be forgotten live on in the people who loved her. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us now as we study these scriptures together. Help us to be people of faith and a trusting people, your people, people of God. Thank you for the privilege of being in your family through Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Okay, we're in the book of Judges, chapter 15. We're picking up at verse... 18, this is following the incredible slaughter of 1,000 Philistines as Samson has taken the jawbone of a donkey and slain a 1,000 men. He was so creative that he makes a poem about it. I think he's pretty excited, except for the fact that, you know, when you're slaying all those people, it just, man, it just takes a lot out of you. And I can imagine in that time, maybe he would have gotten himself one of those Gatorade commercials. But short of a Gatorade commercial and a sideline full of nourishment, he begins to call upon the Lord. Can you believe it? It's true. He became very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord. And here's what he said. You've given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now I shall die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Is that going to happen? Don't let it happen. You take that as one of those humble moments in the life of Samson. I kind of don't. I'm kind of like, seriously, you know, I've done this and now I'm going to die of thirst. Really? 
I don't know. It just seems like he sees himself as the superstar and he's, he's giving homage to God, but at the same time, who is on the, who's got the spotlight? I just kind of take it, that's it. Someone, I, I read some uh, commentators who made the point that, you know, there are a couple of times when Samson, boy, he really demonstrates his faithfulness by offering up prayers to God. And I thought, is this one of those that you're thinking about? Because <laughs> this is just, to me, just an, I'm trying to put it in, in light of his personality already. Uh, who's number one in Samson's life almost always? <laughs> Samson is, right. I think that's another one of these. You know, here I'm thirsty. Uh, when, he, when he wanted a wife, mom and dad, go give me, you know, go, go do this. For, go do this stuff for me. Somebody do something for me, right? I'm the guy. Somebody help out. Lord, I've delivered them. I've, I've wiped them out. I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. So what did God do? He split the hollow place that's in Lehi is the name of the city. Lehi means jawbone, literally jawbone. Water came out, he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Now, I've seen the movie depictions of this, and in one movie I saw, maybe you've seen this too, the water came out of the jawbone. Have you seen that? You know, a jawbone has a little indention in it, and, uh, well, it's talking about, you know, the indented place. And so they took that to mean that the water was coming out of the jawbone itself. That, that'd be a miracle, wouldn't it? Yes. And actually, there are some, there are some uh, old translations that kind of lend to that idea. But, but to me, one of the complicating parts of that is if you did split out the hollow place, uh, and some people even uh, referred to, you remember when Jacob was wrestling and the angel touched his hip and then that kind of gave him the little limp or whatever because it hollowed out the place. And so there's a big deal about that. They say, well, this, you know, similar to that. So the hollowed out place. And then it split and it produced water. Well, the thing that complicates that is the further description of it. So he revived from that. Therefore, he called its name. It's what's name? Is he calling the name of the jawbone this? The in hakor Or is he calling the place where the water came from? Um, I tend to think it's the place from the water. And the reason why is because... The tr Anybody know what the translation of this is, by the way? What? Okay, yeah, the spring of the caller, or, or what he said, the spring of him who called. Who did the calling? Well, Samson did. Give me some water. And what came forth? A spring. We named the, the spring. The spring. That, that makes the most sense. The place that God opened up in order to provide water for Mr. Samson actually continued to do what? It, can, it didn't just produce water for Samson. It continued to produce water. So they said they called the name of that place, which is in Lehi, Jawbone, or we saw it earlier, Jawbone Heights, right? And I said, we closed with it being a subdivision. So it's in Lehi today. You could actually, at the time that this was written, you could go back there, you could see it, okay? It's not like he left, he kicked the jawbone out there. Hey, you want to go by and see the jawbone that's leaking water? That's not what this is. It was a location within Lehi. And this sounds like a conclusion, doesn't it, to you? Verse 20 where it tells us that he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. 
It's kind of neat. If it were to stop right there, we'd still have a tremendous story, right? But we don't have the, the whole story. In fact, what ensues now is probably the most famous part of the story of Samson's life that we have. We can talk about all those other things, but most of that stuff is incidental to what actually happens right here in chapter 16. So in chapter 16, Samson went to Gaza. Gaza is a city in Philistia. He saw a harlot there, went into her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place. Now, what's this? They lay in wait for him all night. Where? At the gate of the city. That's going to be important here in just a minute. So they're lying in wait. Who are these people? His, cap, his, his supposed captors, right? They're going, to, they're going to surprise him. Going to surprise him. Catch him unawares. So they were quiet all night. And here's what they were telling each other. In the morning, when it's daylight, we're going to kill him. We're going to get him. Yay! Samson lay low, though, until when? Until midnight. Then he arose at midnight... Okay, now where are these guys hiding out? Boy, we're going to get him. We're going to jump him in the morning. Where are they hiding out? At the gate. Where does Samson go at midnight? The gate. Okay. Probably they were what? Sleep, nodding off, thinking, dreaming about how we're going to get Samson. And in the morning, we're going to be heroes. In the midnight, at night, these guys probably just loafing around Samson doesn't just come and confront them. Listen to this. At midnight, he arose, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Don't do this, but just imagine in your mind, you go to your own little house. You go to your front door, you size it up. I'm, you know what? I'm feeling kind of Samson-y tonight. I'm just going to rip the facing and everything up, and I'm going to carry it to the top of the hill yonder. Uh, would that take a little bit of force and effort on your part? Probably most of us would not be able to grab the framing and the door and all and yank it up and then carry it off somewhere. First of all, since it's already built into the wall, that, is that solid or what? In fact, what were these gates designed to do? Now, this isn't the door you're walking to, right? If you really wanted to, you could probably take your foot and kick it in, or you certainly could ram it with something and bust that thing wide open. But you couldn't just grab a hold of it and yank it up off, off of the foundation, out of the wall, and carry it off somewhere. That's not what we're talking about right here. Have you ever been to any one of those forts that we have in various places? You come to the front door. Or you've been watching some of those period dramas where they've got a fort and there's guys on one side and there's visitors come to the other and say, open up the gate. And they say, no, we're not opening up the gate. You're our enemy. They have to bring well nigh into a you know, hundred-year-old timber that they have hewn, and they're going to drive that thing trying to knock that wall down. It takes 20 or 30 men just to carry the ramrod to knock the thing in. Samson comes down here to these guys who are lying in wait, grabs hold of the most secure place in the whole area, and rips it right up and carries it up to the mountain. 
Wow! Uh, why do you think there wasn't a fierce battle that ensued? <laughs> Don't you find that kind of laughable? These guys are hiding behind a place they think is secure, and he just ripped the thing right off and carried it away. Afterward, so la, 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 day in the life of Samson, boom, boom, that happened, big deal. Next day, <laughs> Samson, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Here's, here's what some people will do. They'll say, well, there in the beginning of this chapter, it just introduces us to a harlot, so maybe, maybe that's what she is. This text, first of all, when it mentioned the harlot, it didn't mention her name. Secondly, when it talks about Delilah, it didn't say she was a harlot. I mean, that would have been easy enough to make the connection, right? Um, one thing, uh, sometimes, sometimes names share a little bit. And Delilah, depending on, depending on what the origin, and when I say origin, I mean what language it came out of. If it came out of, say, the indigenous peoples, Delilah meant fragile, feeble, weak. If it came out of the Philistines, it meant a devotee, a devotee. Someone who is devoted, in this case, might have suggested that Delilah was, okay, so um, Dagon was not just the god of dew and rain, he was also the god of fertility. So guess how many people, how they worship the god of fertility? It's through immoral acts, okay? And in many of the temples were what were called temple prostitutes who were there for the purpose of you going into quote-unquote worship. Well, you can imagine what that meant. So if she's a devotee, someone has suggested, well, maybe she was one of those temple prostitutes. <clears throat> you notice that when you start describing her, you use a lot of maybe, maybe, maybe. If it's maybe, then that means what? Is that a fact? It's not a fact. We don't really know. In fact, <laughs> in fact, we don't even know where she's from. Does it say anywhere that she's from among the Philistines? She lived, he's in Gaza, but Gaza, as I mentioned before, right on the, right on the border. So I don't, I don't know if, if Delilah is actually a Philistine or someone that the Philistines thought they could use or someone that they were familiar with. We just don't know that much about her. But it says that the lords of the Philistines, stop right there. You remember how many lords of the Philistines there were? We saw it in Judges chapter 3 and verse 3 when we found out the kind of people that were going to be conquered in the land. Among them were the Philistines, but it tells us how many princes of the Philistines there were in that text. Nobody looking back? Five. There were five princes of the Philistines. There were also five major cities, so guess what? Each prince had his own major city. So the lords of the Philistines came to her and they said, Entice him! Okay, have you heard that before with regard to Samson? Just nod your head like you know that it happened before. In chapter 14 and verse 15, remember when he was going to take for himself a wife from among the Philistines? 
The Philistines came to her and they said, you go to the, your prospective husband and you do what to him? Guess. Entice him. Enticing him meant doing what? Do whatever it takes to get him to tell us the answer to the riddle. Okay? Now, we want to know about his strength. They come to Delilah, they say, entice him. What do they mean? Do whatever it takes to get him to tell you the answer. Now, a little bit of a, little bit of a, a twist here. Verse 4 said that he loved this woman. Okay? The lords of the Philistines have come to her. I'm just going to, I'm just initially going to think and try to think the best, try to think the best that Samson loved her and it was reciprocated. Uh, just hang on to that thought for a second. But they want her to entice him and find out where his great strength lies. Remember we said most, most movies, they want to depict him as being some kind of strong man. Most likely when you looked at Samson, he didn't look any different from anybody else. And so they're like, what, what is it that's causing this? You know, is, is it something he's eaten? Uh, is this some kind, of, some kind of magic? You know, is there some kind of witchcraft involved? Because if we could find out what's causing that, what could we do? Maybe we could use it. They do not come to her and say, okay, we want, to, we want you to entice him so we can kill him. In fact, we find out they don't want to kill him at all. Tice him, find out where his strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him so that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Okay, the man you love, we want you to entice him. Now here's how we will entice you. We'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver each. Okay, there are how many of us? There are five of us. Okay, well, I'm, I'm curious like you are. How much would a piece of silver be worth? How much are we talking about here? If you go to the very next chapter, so that we kind of put it in the same setting, in chapter 17, verse 10, we are hiring a priest. Now, he's not a legit priest, but he is from Levi. So we got us a priest. We're going to pay him a yearly wage. Anybody see how much he got paid for a year? He got paid 10 shekels of silver. 10. For a year. So I'm just assuming a year's wage is 10 shekels of silver. If a year's wage is 10 shekels of silver, 1,100 shekels would be 110 years wages. Times what? Times five. We know you love him, but would this interest you? Now, don't sit there and start thinking if you would have been enticed by that. I'm just saying, they're not messing around now. Is that right? We are going to make you so incredibly rich. Now, by the way, what does that tell you about Samson at this point? Let's see now. The last couple of rounds we had with Samson, he took a jawbone and he killed a thousand of our men. Then we hear this story about him coming in 
and we got some guys lying in wait. They're going to ambush the guy, except he comes at night and rips the gates and the door and the hardware and everything and drags it up the top of this mountain. Huh. What do we need to do? We need to get really serious about this Samson deal. So if you would kindly entice him, then we will, each one of us, give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah, who I'm thinking the best, loves Samson so much, says to Samson, please tell me from where you get your great strength and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Samson said to her, now what does Samson like to do? Samson's so playful, you know. Same as with the wife, so now with Delilah, I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, he says, look, if they buy me with seven fresh bowstrings, bowstrings would have been pretty thin things to begin with. Not yet dried, so they're green. Uh, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Oh, so we got him. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, just like had been prescribed. She bound him with them. Now, men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said, she said to him, this does, okay, movie depicts that every single time that she does this, the guys run in, oh, oh no. Well, after the first time that happens, what does Samson know? Something's up, right? So I'm taking, I'm taking the text at its word, and that is, she just said that to see what his reaction would be. Wouldn't that be smart? Kind of see how it goes before you reveal what's about to happen. Because look how this goes. Lord's listening, they brought him in. Um, the men are lying in wait, so they're hiding out, staying with her. They're in the room. And she says to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And immediately, what is it? He broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire, which means that it did what to him? <laughs> Nothing. So the secret of his strength was not known. Don't know. Delilah then says to Samson, Look, you've mocked me and told me lies. Wah, wah. Boo hoo. Now, please tell me what you may be bound with. So he says to her, Well, if they bind me securely with new ropes, stop right there. Has that been tried before? Remember when the Philistines stole the Israelite 3,000, go and bind him and bring him to us. What'd they bind him with? New ropes. What'd he do to those? You remember, it, it was nothing. In fact, I'm sure that the Israelites who had quote-unquote captured him, when they saw him break loose, that's why they kind of backed up and just let that whole thing happen. They're like, we don't want any part of this, right? He, he feigned, faked the capture for our good. We better not mess with our God. So... It happens again. You've mocked me. If they bind me securely with the new ropes that have never been used, I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore, Delilah, she took new ropes, bound him with them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men are lying in wait, staying in the room. And what did he do? He broke off those things off his arms like they're a thread. So they're still hanging tight. Delilah says to Samson, Until now you've mocked me, told me lies, tell me what you may be bound with. He said to her, well, if you take... Now, this, this is starting to get dangerous, right? He suggests to her messing with his hair. 
if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. So she wove it tightly with the pattern of the loom. Said to him, the Philistines upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, pulled out the bat and the web from the loom. Again, no. So all these times, all these strategies not working, she says to him, how can you say, I love you when your heart's not with me? Is that a dagger right there? You, you say you love me, but you won't tell me this. You've mocked me these three times. You've not told me where your great strength lies. It came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him that his soul was vexed to death. What happened the other time? Same, same. That poor woman did the same thing. Just as it got closer to the seventh day with the wedding approaching, she just got nagged him day and night. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Now she's doing the same thing. Except she's got 5,500 pieces of silver at stake right here. She pesters him so that his soul is vexed to death. So he told her all his heart. And he said to her, No razor has come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Cat's out of the bag. Who knows that what he has said right here is true? Who knows that for sure? Well, only him, and I'm not sure he's really convinced of it at this point. His parents maybe, but us, because we know how it goes. Everybody else is like, mm, not sure. Except that Delilah, well, they're, they're in love, right? And so Delilah, she saw that he told her all his heart. And so she sent and called the lords of the Philistines. Wait, what, what do you think has happened up until this point? They've been hiding all this time. Finally, what do these Philistines say? Forget it. You know, whenever you really get this thing, call us. And so she's convinced now. She calls the Philistine lords. Come up once more, for he's told me all his heart. So they come. And they brought the money in their hand. She lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Now, in the movies, it just looks like the ultimate betrayal. As she's soothing him to sleep, she's cutting his hair. That's not what happened, right? A, sp a barber comes. <laughs> you know, it wants to look, make it look nice. Uh, the guy comes in and cuts the hair. And... She began to torment him. And what does he discover? Like as she's playing around with him, all of a sudden he's not kind of holding back his strength. He realizes, wait a second. Hey, this woman's kind of pushing me around. And I'm sure he's starting to be like, wait, what? She said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson, just as before. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. What did Samson think is going to happen, even with the hair cut off? I'm the guy. I'm Samson. I just killed a thousand guys with the jawbone of a donkey. I just ripped the door and the gate 
off of this fortress. People don't mess with me. And he gets up like he is going to be a terror. But he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. The the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, literally uh, put out his eyes, literally the text reads, they bored his eyes out and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters. He became a grinder in the prison. However, this is kind of a side note, however, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Okay, uh, who does the grinding? Pardon? Yeah, that's from the movie. The ox does the grinding. Actually, grinding was a woman's job, okay? It may be that he was hooked up to an apparatus with a millstone in which he went around pushing it. But what does he not have right now? The woman did what to him when he woke up? She pushed him around like he was... She pestered him. In other words, she's picking with him and what can he not do? He can't even protect himself. And then he he rises up thinking he's going to whip somebody and they subdue... They gouge his... They bore his eyeballs out of his head and he can't resist it. Now we're going we're gonna to demonstrate his awesome animalistic strength by attaching him to a millstone? I kind of think that's not what that is. I kind of think he sat maybe near the kitchen or someplace grinding as the women tended to do the meal. He's lost his strength. Except that, hopeful little note here, what's happening? The hair is starting to grow. Okay? The lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. Why are they rejoicing? We've put down the great champion of Israel. We had these people subdued for 40 years. And now Samson, wow, we are, we are amazing. But the thing is, they're going to attribute their success to their God, right? Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, our God's delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, the one who multiplied our dead. Look what our God has done. And so it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. It's kind of interesting We don't really know what the performance, because if you look up the Hebrew term translated perform here, it means just that. It's like like a dog and pony show. We got this Samson, we're going to bring him out, do something for us, you know, dance for us, do do something so we can see you, you know, put you on display. You're the champion of Israel, do something funny, make us laugh. So they called for Samson, so he performed. So they, they called him from the prison, he performed for them. They stationed him between the pillars. Why didn't they put him there? You say, well, in the movie, kind of put him there because he's, he's off the side, nobody sees what he's doing, he's chained to the pillars. Why didn't they put him over there? Well, yeah, that, that's where he's, you know, he's making his performance. Look, at, look over there, look what's going on. Wow. 
Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, stop right there. He used to be the most feared human being on the planet. Now what the Philistines do? How are they humiliating him? He's just, dry, he's just led around by a little boy. You get that image? How he's, how he's brought down God's champion? Is this a joke? So Samson says to the lad who held him by the hand, let me fill the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed, whatever that performance was. Samson, here's the second prayer I know of. It's a little bit different than the first one we read a moment ago. Oh, Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, oh God. And then there's this, <laughs> that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Does that sound like, again, the champion of Israel? And You know, even to the very last breath, Samson's wanting always to do what? Get even with somebody. Well, complicating this scenario is also the fact that this was basically, for the Philistines anyway, a a celebration of the power and the might of their God. And even though you've got a motivation that isn't completely holy on Samson's part, does it serve God's purposes? Oh, yes, it does. And so Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. Okay, what do you think about Samson in this last act? Is that a heroic act? Is it what? You know, some people look at this and they say, you know, um, Samson, he committed suicide right here. Is this suicide? Okay, the purpose was not to die. He says when this happens, let me die. But the purpose of it was to do what? to bring down the building on the Philistines. Did that happen? Did God restore his strength and answer his prayer? Yes, he did. Okay, so I don't, I don't take that any more suicide than a man who is in battle, grabs up a gun, and rushes toward the enemy. I mean, what is his intention here? 